This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today, Biden's new head of disinformation's interesting history, and Joe Biden suggests your kids are not, in fact, yours. They are still saying the quiet parts all out loud. We've got all that and more coming up, but it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, which you can find right here on Belize TV. Uh, also joined by, very excited to have Dave Rubin back in studio, of course, host of The Rubin Report, which you can also find on Belize TV, uh, as well as make sure that you're subscribed to both of these gentlemen on YouTube. Agreed. Which... Also agreed. We were just talking about YouTube. You must subscribe. Yes. You must tap the button. So, so let me let me get to. I want to talk about this whole disinformation uh, board, governance board, and um, I want to talk about that. But but let me talk for a second about Twitter because, look, Dave, I'm sure that this is something that you've been been on. Uh, you've been touring, but at least been paying attention to it. I did notice. I mean, I'm just going to say I'm fangirling a little bit because Elon Musk did tweet you back. <laughs> was it yesterday? Oh, I thought you meant fangirling because I'm here in studio. But well, you I'm mean because Elon Musk that. tweeted at me. <laughs> I'm honored. Uh, yes. Well, this whole thing. I mean, first off, the fact that the world's richest man tries to buy this company that is not making any money, that is basically valued at the same thing that it was valued at in 2013 when it went public. It only went up in the last few months because he started talking about it, that the company was willing to just die on the sword, right? Just totally take themselves out to not let him get it. He finally gets the freaking thing. And then what's happening? All of the blue check journalists and our friends in the administration and all these people, they're freaking out because free speech might be respected online, and there's nothing scarier than free speech. So I tweeted out to Elon Musk, I said, look, as long as you're kind of cleaning up the mess here and looking into <laughs> things, how about we look into the 54 million followers that the New York Times has, because they can't get more than 20 retweets on anything. I said, if I tweet out a banana emoji and a picture of an 80s sitcom star, I guarantee you it will do better. And I tweeted out a picture of an emoji banana and Sophia Petrillo from the Golden Girls, played by venerable actress Estelle Getty, of course. And it got something like 50,000 retweets. So I've pretty much done everything I can do on the platform at this point. Um, well, I mean, look, it is very curious that uh, it's not just random people on Twitter. It's not just blue check marks. It's people like Adam Schiff, who just came out the other day and said that he's very, very concerned uh, that that this is going to hurt their goal to stop disinformation from happening. So here's Adam Schiff's tweet, which I always find so funny that they're like they're tweeting this out 
as they're criticizing, like, but but what but what if we can't stop what people tweet? I'm gonna complain about this on my Twitter. Here's my take on the world's richest man buying Twitter. He makes a great car and rocket, but I'm concerned that his personal views will stop the fight against disinformation on social media. The problem on Twitter hasn't been too much content moderation, it's too much hate. <laughs> really? The, the thing is, his personal views in this context are just allowing others to express their personal views. Like, that's all he wants. It's dangerous. I, I guess it is to the left. It's clearly very dangerous. It's interesting. At least Adam Schiff mentioned the car company. Here's a, a, a party, the Democrats, who have been for years telling us the greatest existential threat to all of us as humanity uh, is mm-hmm. global warming. Mm-hmm. Here's the one single person who has done more in this battle than anyone else in the history of human beings. And yet they are terrified that he might get control of a social media platform because others might be able to express their opinions. What the real existential threat to the Democrats is, is of course people actually having their own ideas and not being controlled by them. That's the threat. That's the thing they're really worried about. They don't care about global warming. They care about controlling what we say and who we say it to. And they've shown this over and over and over again, going all the way back to this board we're going to talk about. I mean, this is a terrifying development. And the last place in the world that needs to be moderating speech is the government. I was pretty sure we had that locked up in a document at one point, but apparently what, not. What was that thing? It was <laughs> yeah. old. I remember it was, right. it's on it's this dusty. like kind of dusty and yeah. there was some extra mm. things the they put into really it. Fancy. Was it again? Yeah. But, you know, the hate thing is interesting because, Sarah, I see you on Twitter sometimes <laughs> and people say pretty mean things that. to you. You have not have. called for anyone to be banned or no. for Twitter to be destroyed or anything else. So putting aside the disinformation fiasco coming from that guy, who, who is a disinformation specialist, Adam Schiff. Mm. I mean, yes. he, he yes. lied about Russia maybe more than anybody yeah. uh, other than now, I would say, Biden or his son or something like that. But I mean, he, he made up the impeachment in essence, Adam Schiff. And now he's making this about hate, but it's like, they don't really mean that because when we all get hate, they're right. okay with that. And right. by the way, I'm okay with us getting hate. I'm not okay with us getting death threats, which is, a, which is against the law. Exactly. But people are allowed to say mean things to us, and you often retweet them and I say do. some mean things back to them. I do. They seem to block you afterward, which is I strange. Don't know. I guess it was something I said. I don't know. I hmm. just, Especially when they send me the messages, yeah. and then I post the messages, which they should have no reasonable expectation of remaining private. I yeah. mean, when you're telling me that you want me to go kill myself and all of these other things, hmm. I am, I'm not sure that a stranger would expect me to keep that private. And then I had one guy who uh, sent me another message the next day after he had gotten, I'm sure, a lot of, you know, a taste of his own medicine thrown his way. And he sent me another message and he was like, hey, look, listen, even though I do hate you (laughs) and you are a very hateful person, which I found to be Mm -hmm. weird, um, I shouldn't have said the things I said. So, you know, if you want to delete the tweet, that's fine. Whatever you want to do. I just want to close the hate loop. And then a couple hours later, he was like, hey, yeah, I really need you to delete that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think I will. Yeah. My favorite is when people say something like really horrific to you and then I just block them. I yeah. block them or mute yeah. them. That's, I don't complain about it. I just yeah. block or mute. That's it. And then I'll get an email from them pleading their case. <laughs> They just lost their mind. They're not that hateful. They told me to, you know, drink acid right. and die a very slow death right. in the pit of Sarlacc or something. But they don't, they, that was just like a little aberration. They're mm. actually a good person. And if I unblock them, they will not do it again. I, oh, that's I, great. I, but I have never, un, I do not do the unblock. If I have blocked you, you go off. 
to the blocking is committed. That's is com- you've committed at that point. Yeah, that's it. I don't unblock. The muting thing I, is a feature that I always like. Because I do love that. I yeah. like the idea that these people are just sitting there continuing to yes. message you, and you've yes. never seen them in months and months and months and months. Yeah. Uh, that's the, to me the, the the most fun thing because of course they when you block them they get all proud of themselves yeah. they got blocked. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think this whole conversation indicates this whole thing just brings out the absolute worst in people. Yeah. I really do think some of these people who write you probably do mean that they feel bad about what they said. They probably do mean that, like, I can't believe who I who I was in that moment. But that moment is constant on Twitter. It really is a terrible, terrible place. And I don't think Elon is going to be able to help that. He's going to be able to help the company make a lot more money. He's going to make the technology a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if people are like, well, it's not really going to change your experience. Have you ever seen a Tesla? My friend has a Tesla. <laughs> and he was over at our house, and he it played... Uh, Carol of the Bells with horns and lights and opening up the trunk and stuff. It, it was synchronized. <laughs> it like danced. I mean, this guy is going to make the site better. He's do- this is what he does. And they're going to make a ton of money, I'm sure. You know, when it comes down to the discourse on, on Twitter, that's going to be up to us as individuals, and it should be up to us as, as individuals. Stu, there are whoopee cushions in every seat of the Tesla. Do you know that? I'm no. not kidding. I have a Tesla. Mm-hmm. No. You can set it up so that you can make farting sounds. from. A- it will literally come from each seat so you can set up anyone in your car. And I'm talking long farting. So he has like eight different farts. Like the, the like really like insane. I don't want to get too graphic. <laughs> I was right. going to say, right. you, you but, just But you go got for it. it. But I am literally That's not hilarious. kidding. That's an actual but thing. How can you not like Elon Musk for this reason? Yeah. Again, yeah. this is a guy who's committed. He is, well, I think we would all at this table define him as an environmental extremist. Yes. Yeah. He is nuts when it comes to global yeah. warming. Uh, he drives me crazy when he talks about it. But I just, I, he's the type of guy I would want to be if I was the richest man in the world. I have five interests, and I'm just going to do something that, I'm just going to take over all those things and do everything that I think is awesome, and on a whim, change, put in, you know, whoopee cushions in cars for, for no reason, because he thinks it's funny. He and shot he, he, he a seems Tesla, to enjoy life. he shot a Tesla into orbit for no reason. Yes. I mean, he, there's an, or, there's a Tesla flying around the earth right now because he just felt like doing it. But joking aside, he could have done anything with his life at this point, obviously. He literally could have just put his family on a rocket ship and said, we're just going to go out into space forever. He literally could have done that. And instead, he got into the worst fight possible. It kind of yeah. tells you he's a decent guy. You know? Yeah, he cares. Yeah. I mean, he does care. Yeah. And again, he's not promising anything other than allowing people to say what they believe. He's not even promising, you know, and I think there will be people on the right who don't like this when it, when it comes in, but he's not even promising to stop censorship. He's yeah. just right. saying like, hey, more you know, timeouts instead of permanent bans. I want it to be you know, even for, for, for both sides. That is all we're asking for as conservatives. We're not asking, we want the rules to be clear and be applied equally. Yep. So I, I, fu- I found it interesting because he, he tweeted about kind of what you're, you're talking about here, Stu. Uh, he said, for Twitter to deserve public trust, it must be politically neutral, which effectively means upsetting the far right and the far left equally. But I kind of disagree because I don't see the right getting upset at it being politically neutral, right? You have the far left who has, for years and years and years, had all of the industries geared towards them and biased towards them, and they're the ones who throw a fit every time something might be politically neutral. Um, And I don't see that from the far right. So I just took kind of an issue with that because I'm like, I understand what he means by it. But I don't think the right is going to be upset. They're like, they've been having to deal with Hollywood and all of these other industries that have not been politically neutral, but but like biased towards the other side. So it's like, yeah, I don't think the right's going to be upset about that. It was his one misstep so yeah. far. That one tweet, I mean, he's been tweeting a lot, actually. And that was his one misstep because the, the thing is that the left 
and this is their own words, they believe that words are violence. I mean, yeah. that's what they've been telling us. They don't think that violence is violence, right? <laughs> so if you burn down a target, that's yeah. not violence. But if you misgender someone, that is violence. So neutrality to them is also violence, meaning if you don't do something to defend the honor of the oppressed, you are inherently violent towards them. That is a type of violence. So I think that was his one mistake. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, relative to the fact that the entire world is watching the guy and he's getting in, I think he's going to learn that pretty quickly, that the right, I mean, look what we all just said here. If, you, if someone says something you don't like, you block them or you mute them or right. you just move on with your day or you expose their email address. That's your <laughs> particular <laughs> brand of doing this. Um, but that we all accept that, oh, people are going to be mean online. It's just yeah. part of the human condition and it's part of tech. Where the left is like, no, we actually want to silence people, mm. which is also why they want to send people to gulags. I mean, that's why socialism as a general rule, not to be too controversial on the show today, is not great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Now I, we've got a title for the episode. I, well, I was going to say, now we, have to, now we have to uh, censor this entire episode. Um, well, and, and to your point, Dave, I, I liked that Elon tweeted this little meme out that shows, him, you know, me and my fellow liberal over there on the left-hand side where there's left, center, and right in 2008, uh, and then 2012, uh, the, the fellow liberal is going way further left and he's like stuck there in the center. And then you move over to 2021 and uh, he's inching a little bit closer over to the right, not because he's moved, but because the left has moved so far uh, the other way. That's literally my life story <laughs> in, in, stick figure, in stick figure <laughs> form right there. Yeah. Um, and then I, I want to share one other tweet from Elon because he's just so such a bizarre person. He said, next time buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that he doesn't seem to, he's so unfazed by all of the, yeah. the criticisms he's getting. He's like, I really don't care what you guys think. The, I mean, it's the definition of F you money. It, the it guy's really got is. 200 80 billion dollars he can say whatever yeah, he wants like, whatever I he wants don't care what you think about it he could buy cracker jacks and then hunter biden would be all over it <laughs> there, you go. there were there was cracking original cracker I think jacks so, i think i don't know yeah. I didn't, they were delicious they were, they were i uh, <laughs> so so let's do this so let's go ahead and take a break and then i want to when we come back i want to talk about this uh, disinformation governance board uh, and the leader behind it what she uh, she has a little bit of a disinformation peddling history herself, so we'll get into that after the break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Omega XL. So, uh, look, there are a lot of joints uh, in your body, 360 joints from your neck down to uh, through your vertebrae, and that's a lot of joints that uh, can be damaged with just daily activity, aging. You have children. Oh, my gosh, those things age you a lot. All right, so if you <laughs> are living things. in those things... <laughs> age you. Let me just tell you. Mm -hmm. So if you have children and you hurt all the time, you should consider Omega XL. Uh, it is an essential fatty acid combination from the waters of New Zealand, which I'm going to be sexist because I, I usually, I have men on my program. Okay. You men, you men out there, you men here, you hear something's natural and you're like, doesn't work. You're wrong. You are wrong on this one. It actually targets the inflammation in your body, which is the root cause of your pain, even though you wouldn't know it. So if you're using a topical cream or anything, you're rubbing it on and it feels really good for 10 minutes and then it goes away. Don't do that. You're just masking it. Get to the root cause of the pain with Omega XL. You can order a bottle. Get a second for free right now. If you go to OmegaXL.com slash news, don't live in pain. Try it. It is OmegaXL.com slash news. <laughs> Thank you.
As we talked about yesterday on the program, the Department of Homeland Security is uh, set to create a new disinformation governance board um, because, as you guys just discussed in the previous segment, you cannot let people just go out no, and, no. and say Gosh. what they feel, say different, like per perhaps facts, different news stories. That is, that's far too dangerous. You've got to clamp that down, uh, especially with this particular regime that happens to be leading the country right now. They appointed Nina Jankowitz. Am I saying this correctly? I don't really know. That seemed right. Okay. Jankowitz uh, as executive director of the board. Uh, the only problem is, peculiarly enough, uh, this person, I'm sure you guys will be shocked to hear, has actually come out against free speech in the past, but hmm. also has herself peddled disinformation about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, the Trump dossier, and even said that, uh, you know what, in 2020, you may need to be careful. You may see Trump supporters armed at the polls. Watch. I think there's a general concern about Trump supporters potentially showing up armed to the polls and these sorts of voter suppression, voter intimidation, that's illegal everywhere. Of course, there are, you know, rules for party observers, partisan observers to be in the polling station. But in 40 states, you need special accreditation to do that. And I think there's just, again, a widespread fear that, you know, uh, groups of irregular supporters are going to show up at the polls to intimidate people and quote unquote watch. And that's very disturbing. Really? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so also uh, constantly referred to the Christopher Steele dossier, as I mentioned before, that had um, was completely discredited and also referred to the Hunter Biden laptop as a Trump campaign product. It said under her CNN Chiron studies disinformation, but it should have said spreads disinformation. <laughs> she literally made something up that had not happened and then commented on it on CNN, which is a disinformation network. I mean, these people, we are up against some of the worst people yeah. of all time. These people, they accuse us of all of the things that they're doing themselves. I think what's nice that's happening right now is it's being exposed in real time. I mean, the fact that this disinformation, uh, what are we calling it? Uh, what do they call board, it? Board, governance board. Governance board. Yeah. First off, Remember that? What was that old document you were mentioned in the previous segment? That thing with the dust on it? Sorry, with a C. Something about the consta, something. Yeah. That thing. Um, I thought it had something to do with the government not being able to trample on people's ability to speak freely. So I don't see how the government mm -hmm. could uh, institute a board to stop disinformation because believe it or not, one person's disinformation is another person's truth and we all have different feelings on things. And yes, these are the same people who lied to us about Trump, very fine people on both sides, who lied to mm -hmm. us about virtually everything related to COVID, who lied to us about Jesse Smollett, who lied to us about, give me something else here, about uh, the Covington kids, who lied to us about um, Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, the list goes on and on about the things that they lie Endless. about. Wuhan lab leak, et cetera, et cetera, that then two years later we find out is true. So they're going to be doing an awful lot of cancellation of themselves, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I won't hold my breath I, for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this can't be a thing, can it? I mean, what, the, okay, the but you say that. should not be able to do these things. You say that, but look at all of the things that they were able to do with no problem. Yeah, yeah. no, it's true. Look at I, our border right now. I, mean, I don't know that they would have any power to actually act on these things, but maybe they would. I mean, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised in this day and age. It, it does seem that there's a little bit of, um, uh, you know how, like, if you... Uh, it, 
let's say you're on a diet and you go off the diet and it's Sunday and you just had a big breakfast and, you know, the end of the day is coming, dinner's coming or whatever, and you're just like, screw it, I got one more meal. I'm just going to go for it and eat whatever I can starting on Monday. Like, these guys know they're losing this election. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless something really dramatic changes or the Republicans screw it up, which I would not put past them. But still, they know this is the last time they have control for a while. The Senate in 2024, uh, the map in 2022 sort of leans towards Democrats. Um, it's, It's actually a favorable map for Democrats, which will keep them they at least have a chance to control the Senate after this. But 2024, it swings back. The open seats are going to favor Republicans. They're in big trouble in 2024. They might not have control of this for a long time in the future. And so there's like this weird thing going on where Obama had a lot of control. He had 60 senators at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they reached for much, much less Mm -hmm. than what Biden is reaching for here with 50 senators on the button. Uh, He has absolutely no mandate. He's got a 36% approval rating. And he's reaching for 10 times as much as anybody we've seen in a long time. And I, I'm, this is a scary period because I think they are realizing, look, we are in real trouble. We're not going to get anything through Congress. We're going to be out of power for a long time. We better just grab everything we can right now before this is out of our control. And, you know, the one place they're going to have control here for the next couple of years is still the executive branch. And they'll try everything. They'll try to get it passed the, through the courts and whatever sticks, sticks. And I think that's their philosophy right now, which puts all of us in a very dangerous position. Mm, and, uh, you know, we're talking about all this seems to be their priority right now, combating misinformation and disinformation. Meanwhile, uh, the U.S. economy shrank at a 1.4% annual rate in quarter one. Now, a lot of analysts, I guess, on CNN are like, this was very unexpected, but it really (laughs) shouldn't have been if you were paying attention to the way things were going. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting because just yesterday, Joe Biden tweeted out that since he had taken office, you know, he keeps trying to talk about all of these jobs that he's created. We've created 7.9 million jobs. Unemployment has dropped to 3.6 percent. It's historic. It's funny how that happens when you close everyone's businesses and don't allow them to work and then finally reopen things back up. It's interesting how those numbers change. He said, our economy has gone from being on the mend to being on the move. Uh, No, it doesn't appear that way, Dave. But don't worry about that. uh, Let's combat misinformation instead. I don't want to be considered an agent of disinformation, but I am fairly certain that uh, Joe Biden is not the one tweeting for Joe Biden. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't want to get thrown right into Gulag 76A, uh, although I'm sure I would have good company. I mean, I don't believe anything that comes out of this administration, and and not only do I not believe anything, but these are the very same people, I'm sure you guys remember this, uh, what was it, about a year ago, where Jen Psaki, the White House spokeswoman, said that the administration flags posts for Facebook. Mm -hmm. So when you say, how can this happen? Meaning, can the government uh, trample on the Constitution like this? Well, they can until we stop them, right? They can until somebody says, no, you can't do this. And if our whole system is so calcified and broken, then they'll just keep moving on it. I mean, if the government calls a tech company and says, oh, don't let people say this or censor this, and then that tech company does it, that is violation of the First Amendment, right? They're just, they're skirting it through the Mm -hmm. tech company. So that's why the Elon thing that we talked about in the previous segment is so interesting, because I think a lot of this stuff is going to be unearthed, and that's why they're freaking out right now. It's not a coincidence that this story comes only a day after, basically, Elon Musk buys Twitter. Suddenly, all the conservatives are rising, as you said, and the the lefties are losing followers, Mm -hmm. and all of this new information is going to come out on how they've manipulated us. So what do you do? Well, we better have some sort of board of disinformation specialists. We can't have these people saying what they think.
Yeah, well, I mean, thank God that they have prioritized the important things, because I know we need the government to tell us what we can and can't think rather than uh, do something about the gas prices or all of the illegal immigrants flooding in or uh, skyrocketing grocery prices. I digress. Uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick break. We will uh, we'll be back. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So you may be thinking to yourself, home title theft could not possibly be a thing. Could some cyber criminal really forge your name off the title of your home and then refile and take over as the new owner? Well, it turns out, yes, actually, that can happen. And uh, believe it or not, you may be thinking, well, I have homeowner's insurance or my banking program or something might protect me. No, those programs actually don't protect you from this type of identity theft. And uh, the problem is that all of our titles to our homes are kept online, where all of these cyber thieves can go on and find it. Everything is online these days. They have access to all of it. The FBI calls this one of the fastest growing crimes. And the problem is that if you don't find out before it's too late, Everything is gone. Your whole retirement nest egg, everything can be gone just like that. Do not let it happen to you. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you are already a victim. That is where Home Title Lock can help you manage the crisis. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com. I mentioned earlier before the break that we have a shrinking economy. We have everything, prices of everything are skyrocketing. The administration does not seem to care one bit, uh, focusing on eliminating freedom of speech in this country, but also uh, they are pushing, as Americans are suffering, they're pushing uh, for $33 billion more. It's not in total. This is just more in addition to the money previously spent to help Ukraine. Uh, this is, of course, marking a significant increase compared to past packages. So they say that the $33 billion will go towards security, economic, and humanitarian aid. And Joe Biden declared that this bill would be necessary to support Ukraine in this fight for freedom. Uh, Joe Biden, he, look, he had some some rough moments during this speech that took place today. Uh, I just I want to play a little clip for you. Watch that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah kleptocracy and clep the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> but these are bad guys. Wow. <laughs> it's so awkward to watch. I can't wait, so we're he's we're accommodating the Russian oligarchs? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't I thought we I were supporting we're, we're, Ukraine. No, we're giving them yachts. They deserve more yachts, <laughs> more cash. I feel like this is conflicting information coming from the White House. They just said that we need to support Ukraine, but now we're accommodating the Russian oligarchs and kleptocracy is a very difficult word. It's more disinformation coming from this White House. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I don't know you. what side of the world we're on anymore. How uh, much longer do you think we can pretend with Biden? How much longer can this charade go? Like, who's going to break the dam on this thing? You think it's Obama? That would be my guess. That one day, like, mm. it's, it can't much last much longer. No. It just can't. He's breaking down in front of our eyes. And at some point, even though we're all talking about it and the online world knows it and the clips of him breaking down are all going viral, the mainstream, which still has some level of an airlock on what can be discussed or not, um, is still suppressing it. They're, they're still ignoring what we can all see. Mm -hmm. And at some point they won't. My guess is that it's gonna be something like Obama's gonna be on some show and he's gonna say something like, you know, I guess maybe 
President Biden's lost a step or two, something like that. And then that will be the signal to the system, sort of like when Jon mm -hmm. Stewart was on Colbert, remember that? And he finally said the thing about the Wuhan lab leak, and then suddenly everybody was repeating what we've all been saying for two years, that that's how the system operates. They all wait, yeah. and then somebody says to them, oh, it's kind of okay to say the thing that we all know, and then they all kind of do it. But, I mean, that is not good. That is not good. You have to believe there's no way he finishes out his term. If, if, if he continues to decline at the rate that he is now, it's a pretty rapid rate. Why has Dr. Jill Biden not done anything? She's a doctor, for God's <laughs> sakes. And you point. must refer to her as a doctor. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, one might say she very much enjoys being first lady mm. and is taking advantage of uh, all of the opportunities. Well, we one might, I mean, not, I'm not saying it. No, 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 one might. She's a, she's a doctor and right. you have to respect that doctor title. I'm just saying one might say that. We know she's whispering commands to them when they're together. <laughs> yeah. Wave, wave. wave. It is really disturbing to watch this stuff. Uh, we developed a very scientific process on Studios America. Uh, yes, with the uh, Joe Biden uh, uh, emotional uh, uh, triangle of gaffes. And basically, there is the three emotions that you feel when you watch a Joe Biden gaffe video, which is you, you, sometimes you're really sad, mm -hmm. sometimes it's really funny, and sometimes it's really scary. Yeah. And yeah. like I, you plot these all in the triangle, you see they 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 are they, I feel like they're coalescing more towards the scary end uh, lately. You know, especially when it comes to the war stuff. I mean, this yeah. guy might just gaff us into a nuclear war with Russia. Uh, that is that is the those are the stakes here, and that's it's getting a little scary to watch it. You know, and I I, I think you're right. Everybody knows this and they know it too a lot of times we say like you know we, we think oh these people are so they're so dumb they're so disconnected they know this they're every democrat i've talked to yeah. uh, when they're honest is very much like look we know this is bad but this is our guy and when he's here with us and we have no other choice you know it's that we have to stick with him right now the question comes, I think, after this election. I don't think there's any chance he's leaving office or dropping out any time before uh, the, the Senate uh, is, 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 you know, out of their control. Because right now, they drop out, Kamala Harris gets elevated, and they ha they ha the Senate would have to approve that vice presidential slot. So they can, the, the Republicans could be, you know, obstructionists there and not allow that tie-breaking vote. Mm -hmm. So they can't, they really can't abandon him at, at least until after this. If it goes really poorly, though, in November, really poorly, as poorly as, as, as it very well might, there's going to be an argument uh, that's going to last for a few months to say, hey, we have this opportunity now. This guy, it didn't work with this guy. Who is the best chance that we can have right now to, to win in 2024? And let's move in that direction. We can elevate Kamala. We can put in somebody else as vice president. We can, we can just say it's health reasons. We, we can say it's family reasons. I mean, he has a son who's constantly on crack. We can come up with something and, put, and have him sort of nicely push his way out and try to come up with some strategy to do something in 2024. Because if they run this guy again with two more years of this sort of deterioration, yeah. He might not be able to walk on stage, let alone get through a debate. The yeah. other thing is, I always say this, but it's that the scandal is the non-scandal because there is a scandal. This mm. is a scandal. There is no doubt he is medicated. Like, oh, I, yeah. like, right, there's no doubt. We all know it. So that means there is a bunch of people at the White House mm -hmm. that know what's going on, whether that's Secret Service people, whether that's the doctors, whether it's literally the chef. But there are people who know more than we know here, but we know something. So there is, that's what a scandal is. It's when a whole bunch of people know something, but nobody's talking about it. And I believe that if supposedly the most powerful man in the world is mentally incapacitated, that is quite a high level scandal. So they, I don't know that it can last like, 
much longer than, than we've got at this point. Like, I just yeah. don't see that it can last much longer. I think the complicating factor here, though, is that he still wants it. Joe Biden, he's a party guy, and maybe there's an appeal to him to say, hey, look, the Democrats are in real trouble if you don't get out of here right now. He might, he might be moved by that, but he's wanted this his entire life. And he is not ready to tell the, the American people he can't do this job. He, he keeps going out here and attempting to do it and embarrassing himself over and over and over again. You have to believe he's pushing through advisors who don't want him to ask these questions. I mean, the freaking Easter Bunny was pulling him away from yeah. people, right? Yeah, yeah. But he keeps going to them. He thinks he's 1988 Joe Biden, who's just a much more, you know, uh, on the ball plagiarist. Uh, he, you know, he's now at this point where he's out of it, but he still thinks he's that guy in his younger form that can get through these things and outthink everybody. He never was that guy in the first place. He's really not that guy now. And it's terrifying for our country at this moment yeah. when we have a situation where, you know, he's asking, talking about regime change in Russia in a question about like gas prices. This really could get us into World War Three. He also said we would respond in kind to chemical weapons, <laughs> which is like, I mean, yeah. And then yeah. everything they do, every then they walk it back. Then he says it again. Then they half walk it back. Yeah, it's embarrassing. We need help. Somebody well, help us. I mean, it's just so frustrating, especially because this is the party who constantly was like, Trump's going to get us into World mm, War Three. Mm. Like, I can't believe he has the nuclear codes. He's not fit to be president. And then here we are. And like, it almost makes you feel silly saying the same thing. But it's actually true this time. They impeached Trump because he drank a glass of water with two hands. <laughs> Wasn't that impeachment six, right? Yeah. And it's like, this guy is a drooling vegetable. I mean, no, joking aside, though, this is a 25th Amendment situation. And I think yes. we, we are clearly there. What else, what other evidence could we need? You know what I mean? Short of him just like walking out and like just like pooping in his pants, which, is, which by the way, they thought <laughs> they, happened, they right? They said he did. They said yeah. he did. But short of like, just like the evidence being like smack dab in our face, what else is there? He, he obviously is not fit for this job. So I want, before we, before we have to go to break, um, I, I want to... S- I, God, every time I try to say circle back around, I'm like, I don't want to sound yeah. like her. I'm going <laughs> to oh, choose sake. my words differently. Um, but I want to get back to the the money that we're sending to Ukraine. Because, I mean, at this point, you know, all the COVID relief that they've spent, all of this money, we're just giving away assets of the unborn. It's, it's insane. Look, I don't want to see people all over the world suffer, but at the same time, how much money should we be giving before we're like, hey, we've got problems here in America that we need to be solving? I, I don't think we should be giving any money at this point. No. I know that's probably not a very uh, popular yeah, opinion at some you. level, but I don't. it's unclear to me. Are we at war or not? First right. off, I, I mean, technically we are not in that Congress hasn't given authorization for a war, but that never happens anymore, right? Yeah, Everyone just goes to war and we pretend it's not war and everything else. <laughs> right. And... It's a special military operation. My favorite one was the kinetic. Remember yeah, that kinetic. one? It was a kinetic military action. It wasn't a war, man. We made up a word. Um, <laughs> but nobody knows if we're at war or not at war. We're dumping money to this thing. Then they're blaming all of our gas prices and everything else on Putin. So that kind of sounds like we're at war. If some guy halfway across the world can do something that causes our economy to start crashing, that seems like a sort of act of war, right? These are the same people who said that Putin installed Trump. That might be an act of war. So we're in this very weird sort of the here nor there place. And also I just, because the mainstream media is just so profoundly horrible, I just don't believe whatever, I don't even know what the narrative is at this point with the Russia-Ukraine thing. I just don't buy it. But at, at this point with money printing, our economy the way it is and everything else, 
I just don't know that we need to, it's one of those things where they're always like, well, couldn't we use that 33 billion here? It's like, they never do that. So I'm not even asking, I'm not even asking for that, but perhaps we just shouldn't be giving money to Ukraine, which is just such a a kleptocracy. There, I did it, right? He couldn't do it, (laughs) of of insanity. We should give it to the oligarchs. Those guys need money. They need it. We We need need to to accommodate accommodate them. them. Yeah, (laughs) in every way possible. More waiters. (laughs) It's scary, and I think like, one of the things that I would advocate for is if, because we look, we have lots of military operations around the world. We don't always know what we're doing. The correct answer when someone asks you, are you giving missiles to the Ukrainians to shoot down soldiers and kill Russian soldiers is, I don't know what you're talking about. Even if we are doing it, we shouldn't be announcing it. We shouldn't be telling them over and over again, hey, this is what we're doing. Can you imagine if Russia did this? Can you imagine if if we had, you know, 15,000 American kids dead in a war that we were fighting. And Russia was on television bragging about sending the weapons to uh, to right. whatever, the Iraqis mm-hmm. that wound up killing us. We would go completely yeah. berserk. And for whatever reason, that it, like Biden seems to want to connect on this. And it is one thing that, you know, people generally agree that Russia was the aggressors here. And we, we you know, we want to push back on it. And we I think the American people generally feel like we're on the right side of that with Ukraine. And I think he sees it as a political win. So he keeps talking about it constantly. If we're doing it, the last thing we should do is try to escalate this. Mm-hmm. There are there are explosions going off within the Russian borders from drones from NATO countries. This thing could spiral out of control at any moment. Russia could easily just decide to attack Warsaw. And then we're in this war and put all of that on top of each other and then think about who would be handling it. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. We are on the, this is as You're close as we're out, going man. to get to civilizational <laughs> collapse. And I don't like it at all. Well, Again, I'm negative. Just like you on yeah. socialism, I'm negative Boy. on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he does uh, not like out of control war. That was a, a, your daily dose of optimism mm. from Stuber Gear. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about uh, Joe Biden. You may have thought that I already played the part where Joe Biden said the quiet parts out loud. No, 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 no. That's actually coming up next. We'll be right back. As if what you saw from Joe Biden wasn't horrifying enough, he was actually, he was hosting the uh, 2022 National and State Teachers of the Year over at the White House, uh, giving them a big round of applause for all the great work that they have done indoctrinating our children, and uh, make quite an interesting remark. Watch. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. Mm. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. Mm? Wait, they're not somebody else's children? Okay, look, I know we are living in a world where uh, people don't understand basic biology, but I'm pretty sure Joe Biden did not birth my babies. I think that was me. I think. What we just saw there was Joe Biden officially morphing into the old child molester on Family Guy. (laughs) Like he actually, no, no. I don't own your children, believe it or not. Joe Biden does not own your children. You do not own her children and she does not own your children. It's so nonsensical and he's so out of control. And, And you gotta wonder, it's like, to go back to the last segment, do they know, do they have some sense that he's gonna say something like that, or does he do, do that off the cuff? Where is he looking? When is he reading off the prompter? Like the whole thing is so confusing. But do you, do they really believe that? And would they want him to say it? 
Yeah. Knowing that what won Glenn Young in the election, which I think is one of the things that might save America, like mm -hmm. with some of the pushback on this, was that Glenn Youngkin basically was saying, no, they are your children, me meaning you, the parents. So, Dave, you have a new mm. book out. Yeah. Don't Burn This Country. Pretty spectacular, by the way. I, if you do say so yourself. Uh, do you address this kind of thing? I have a feeling that you I do. do. I haven't finished reading it, but I have well, a feeling I that you do because this is such a huge issue in our country right now. Well, basically the way I address it is it's two things. It's one, these guys are not going to stop and we have to accept that. They are never going to stop. They are going to keep moving on the children, whether it's the gender stuff or the racism stuff or that math isn't math anymore and everything mm -hmm. else. So what can you do? If you, if you accept that as true, then you just re must remove your kids from the system, whether that means homeschooling or pod schooling or charter schools or not sending them to college, at least where they get $100,000 into debt so that they can have a degree in 18th century lesbian archery, which isn't very <laughs> applicable to the world today, Stu. Speak for even yourself. Even though you were, mm -hmm. you were thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, that you have to separate from them. They are not gonna stop. We have to accept it. You have to give the devil his due. They've destroyed a lot. And, they have, and they've done it while we all watched and we all kind of mocked it and called out the hypocrisy, but they kept doing it. Now we have to just separate from them because a lot of people hear that and they're like, well, look, it's Hillary, it takes a village. Yeah. Now there is some weird truth to that in some sense, but I don't wanna be in their village, no. that's the difference. If we were to all come up with a village and come up with some rules, then there might be something. But the village that they wanna live in is not the village that I wanna live in, so I just wanna separate from them at this point. And that's a sad fact for the children that they'll be indoctrinating, right. but we have to figure out ways to thrive outside of them. Yeah, they're just, they're trying to sneak this collectivist mentality in, trying to indoctrinate everyone into it. They are, and there's a massive uh, gap in between, at times I think of, you know, the left and they have all these, they seem to have all these organizations set up to do all these things, and they're always pushing back and somehow effective with these uh, crazy ideas that they have, pushing them into the mainstream. And at other times I look at this, I'm like, this is just political malpractice. Terry McAuliffe, lost an election in Virginia because of that, yeah, basically. Literally that exact that line, thing. Yeah. When have you ever known them, though, to course correct? Yeah, they you know, don't. No, they, they just don't. double down. And they keep doubling down, and getting, it's getting worse and worse, which is the one thing we should be able to say out of uh, as people who are more conservative, to look at this and say, we should be able to take advantage of this. The schooling is a great part of this, and, and you know, Yes, the schools should be open from COVID. We've talked about this before. They should have opened them. They should have made sure kids were not wearing masks. All these are totally legitimate complaints, and we complained about it kind of, uh, forever. But that doesn't solve the education problem. Mm. Opening up crappy schools that teach your kids nonsense is not the solution. Pulling your kids out, as you were pointing out, and getting them into, uh, you know, if you could find the right pod or the right, you know, a private school or homeschooling or whatever that solution is for you, you and your family is so crucial, especially younger as they're, as they are younger. We, we've spent so much time as conservatives talking about the universities, and yeah, they're totally out of control, but it's way too late by that point. These kids are down the wrong road by such a, a far distance, you can't drag them back to reality. And I think, you know, what's the, the positives of the last couple of years for all the negatives we know that are associated with them, it really has opened up, I think, parents' eyes to look at this and say, hey, this isn't something where we can just elect someone and fall asleep again. So what if we get the right person elected? It, it's not gonna stop this stuff. We have to be engaged and people at home watching their kids on Zoom being taught this crap has what I think has is what awakened parents and, and has made this, uh, you know, change the entire the entire current of the uh, of the culture. And that's a big deal. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back.
Dave, I know that you, uh, you've been on a book tour. You were just here in Dallas. It was awesome. By the way, I highly encourage everyone to go uh, because you've got a second leg coming up. Best night of your life? Best night of my life. Mm. That's what you said to me after. This was the best night of my life. Yeah, and my husband's in the control room. He's listening. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. He agrees. He agreed. Yes, I have a little. I have a little break right now, and then I start up again uh, first week of May, and we're going to Brea and Oxnard and Denver and uh, Phoenix and a whole bunch of other places. And people can get tickets at DaveRubin.com slash events and people like Larry Elder and Dennis Prager and a bunch of other guys join me on tour. That's great. Well, Glenn Beck was supposed to join you and then he bailed. He bailed. He claimed he couldn't speak. And apparently that's a key part of uh, the really? thing when you're on stage holding a microphone. Huh. So uh, are our you buddy Chad Prather jumped in. Are you suggesting that people wouldn't want to just go and watch and just look at Glenn and not listen? Well, I thought that maybe we could get Glenn to still come and stand there and I would read his prepared remarks <laughs> as he just stood there next to me. But then we said, all right, let the guy take a night off. He does talk a lot for a living. The guy's talking. He, he does. talks a lot 20, not 26 for a living, hours too. A day, if it's something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he, he was a disaster at the end of uh, last week, too. So if that's, yeah, I could see that. It was actually, he usually has fake excuses, but that was a real that one. No, no, he, he left me a voicemail like, Dave, I can't speak. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, all right, oh, he's either faking it or he, that's real. So. so make sure that you catch Dave on tour. Also, don't forget, get his book, Don't Burn This Country by Dave Rubin. Stu, Dave, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.